Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Racing Beat Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. This week's guest, oh man, I am so pumped to have him on the show. He comes into the weekend, this weekend's race in Las Vegas, the second race of the NHRA season. He's the third in the Funny Car point standings. He's a two-time world champion in Funny Car, and I've known this man for about 30 years. What you see is what you get. This guy is just great. So sit back, enjoy our conversation with... Cruise the Cruiser, Pedregon. I guess the, the best place to start off with is let's talk about Gainesville. I mean, you wind up with a semifinal finish. Uh, you've got to be riding pretty high going into Vegas this weekend. Yeah, we do. We, uh, you know, the expectations were just to kind of just try to pick up where, where, our, where, our, where their car slash our car left off. Because one of the things we try to do over the offseason is make the cars identical to what my new team is accustomed to, not only the tuner, but the crew guys. So we, we really went uh, the extra mile to get the cars uh, identical as close as possible. And, you know, that, that's very hard to do because, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of parts and pieces that make up a, an engine combination for one, a clutch combination, uh, the tire size. So we, so luckily uh, I have a great relationship with DSR and, uh, you know, Don Schumacher uh, allowed me to purchase a lot of the equipment that they had. So, so we had high expectations going into Gainesville. Now, that being said, you never know, uh, you know, the competition. I noticed uh, it's as high, as good as ever. So we went out there, qualified in the top half of the field, and, and yeah, we made our way to the semis, and we had uh, a really good shot, if looking at our elapsed times, to, to go into the final and even win it. Finish off there in the semis uh, was definitely a great start. You know, you come into Las Vegas this weekend, you're third in the standings, you know, again, a great start in Gainesville. Talk about the optimism for you and your team, the momentum going forward, and you know just uh, how 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 good you feel going into this weekend's race. Well, it's really nice to look up the uh, go to nhra.com and actually look up the points and see us, you know, in the top five there. That's it's been a while to be honest, and to to see that uh, for the whole team, it means a lot, and it's really a, a great feeling. So yeah, we want to keep it going. I mean, one thing that. Uh, uh, seems like when you're down, you're down, and it, no matter what you do, you seem to stay down. It kind of goes in cycles. So if momentum means anything, uh, I feel like we have that going for us. So we want to keep it going. I love four wides. Uh, going into Vegas, uh, one of my favorite events are the four wide. I wish we had more of them. Um, right. But yeah, the four wide. So that's going to be. And Vegas has been a good race for me in the past. So so we're looking to uh, uh, and talking to John uh, JC as we call him Collins, my crew chief. Um, we kind of the car needs to be a, have a little more speed early in the run. Um, like second and a half in that area is, is not as the drive shaft isn't quite as high as he would like it to be. And so uh, there is a little bit of a, uh, there's going to be a little bit of pressing there to try to get the car to go a little harder, which will ultimately turn out to better elapsed time. So uh, we hope to get that all dialed in by, uh, by qualifying, we get three qualifying runs and then uh, yeah, be, be ready to be ready to roll there with the four wide uh, on Sunday. To, to go back to what you said in the, in the first question I asked you, you mentioned about the you know, changing things over with the new team and that. Can you tell me 
how did it come about? I mean, obviously, I know Tommy, you know, his team, uh, DSR could not continue because of sponsorship issues. How did it, you manage to get, I mean, literally the whole team lock, stock and barrel over to Cruz Pedregon Racing? And how, how did they all come about? Well, it came about because we knew, as everybody knew, the, the misfortune of those teams possibly not having a, a, a sponsorship uh, to, to, to continue on as a team. So naturally, as a guy that really, uh, you know, we had, we had the tragedy that struck my team late in the season. And, and so I kind of didn't really have all the pieces I needed to move forward. I felt I didn't feel like we had something that would move the needle, as they say, and really provide my fans and, and snap on, you know, what they deserve. And that's to have a, you know, a car that can compete for race wins. And, you know, and I had a couple of years that, you know, hey, they didn't go as well as I would like. So naturally, as a recruiter, as an owner, I, I, I pay attention to what's going on in the neighborhood. So mm -hmm. uh, I pick up the phone at the end of the season and I call Don, you know, I have a great relationship with Don Schumacher. I said, Hey, Don, are you, are you, do you have plans for all your teams? And he, he said, no. And so that's that, uh, that opened the door for me to contact JC. I called him cold call, as they say. And, <laughs> um, you know, and the conversation went well and I, I, it was important for me to let them know that, I thought enough of their team and their, their on-track performance that I wanted to not take any chances and I wanted every guy on the team. So, so that was where we really uh, met and we really had the same idea that, hey, let's, let's take what we have built over a period of time. I'm talking about JC. They've been together for eight, 10 years. Let's pick exactly what I wanted to hear. And uh, like they say, the rest is history. Right, right. How has that bringing in a new team with, you know, a new crew chief, new ideas, new guys. How has that reinvigorated you? I mean, not only as a driver, but also as a team owner. I mean, uh, it, it's almost like, you know, uh, you know, let's say the AAA ball club that suddenly buys the New York Yankees, if you know what I'm saying. So, I mean, how, how did it invigorate you that you got all these good guys from a great team? Well, I didn't realize it at the very beginning, but I realized after, uh, going testing and going to Gainesville and really looking at what I had position I put myself into, I kind of quit being a, a driver, so to speak. And I became uh, this hybrid person where I was doing definitely way more than I needed to be, to be good at one thing. I had spread myself thin. Um, and, and really it was, it was uh, a roller coaster ride emotionally for me. And, and so I was ready to hand the, uh, to share this, some of what I needed to share to be, because I'm still a driver and I still want to win races. I still have that motivation. I still feel like I can drive with the best of them. So I felt a relief when I, uh, I started packing parachutes. I know it seems so small, but as I started to really take care of my safety equipment, pack the parachutes, get out there with the, with the fans, interact with the team and not have to be constantly in the lounge studying data. I, I was very uh, glad that this all came about and, now, and, and, and relieved to be honest with you. Now you're a Southern California guy. I, I've got to ask you this, not only the last race of last year, but the first race of this year. And of course we were supposed to run again in Pomona uh, last week and that got canceled because the, the virus. How weird has it been for a Southern California native to, you know, last year you finished the season in Vegas, this year you didn't start the season in Pomona. Um, talk about the dynamic of, of just how weird this pandemic has kind of played havoc 
you know, with with the way the season ended last year and this and the way the season started this year? Yeah, it's really been a a, a change, and and to not have Pomona races in the equation for you know what's going on, it's going to be a year here soon or over a year, but. It's it's been uh, the whole thing has really been a uh, uh, been crazy and 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 uh, and just uh, awkward I guess you could say, mm-hmm. but uh, you know and so as an owner I was uh, grateful that we got through the pandemic and I and one thing I can say about the teams is I hadn't we kept everybody intact even though we had eleven races I was able to keep all the team that I had at that time employed throughout the whole year. Um, uh, so really, it didn't affect us to the point where we had to make big changes. So the whole thing kind of has been a little bit of a blur. I, I know we had uh, uh, to, to, number one, be healthy, okay, mm-hmm. and, and make sure we're healthy. And then so everything kind of is kind of mixed as a, is a, I guess what I'm trying to say is everything, there wasn't anything that was normal from the right. schedule to what we had to work on in the shop, to the guys, it, there was nothing normal. So it's, it was all, all big, one big abnormalcy. <laughs> so <laughs> it all kind of just went to went together. So, and, and starting at Gainesville was definitely probably the one that was the most odd to me. The very first race of the year is the Gator Nationals. And we're, by that time, we're usually, that's our third stop on this tour. But but like I said, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a position where I was reminiscent of my championship year back when I had a, a full crew that was at the level that I can sit back and trust them and not have to worry about, uh, you know, the, literally the wheels falling off the car. And, and that's not to take anything away from the crew that I've had since then. I just did the best with what was available. So that being said, to have a, to have a crew uh, to take care of things top to bottom. And there's times, I, I know I'm going off the beaten path here a little bit, but there's times I'll try this, not try to, but I'll stump these guys and I'll say, hey, JC, did you guys remember to do this or do that? And every single time he says, already handled, done. And I'm like, even the times that I think he's going to forget this, he hasn't forgotten anything yet. So, so Jerry, yeah, the, the whole operation now. And so, and that being said, how, where I was going with this is, I think the normalcy in the schedule is will be start to, will start to shake its way out as we start to get through this, uh, you know, the pandemic and not that we're beyond it, but I think the schedule is, will start to get normal as we start to race these races. Right. Let, let's go down memory lane. You've been doing this now, I'm guessing, probably closing in about, what, 40 years now? No, 91 was my first year in Top Fuel. So if you do the math that way, because even though it was not funny car, 91 was a was my first. We did a 12-race schedule that year. So 91. So 30. So that's right at 30 years there, right? right. If I do my right. math correctly. So, right. yeah, this is, a, this is the 30th, man. And I, I think back to think, man, if I could, you know, then what's weird is I think back to the 90s. And I think that whole 10 years or nine years that I was a hired driver, that I felt like 30 years. <laughs> and so I look back, that was just a blip on the radar, man. That was just the first, that was the first third of my professional career. And so here we are, year 31. And, but you know, you, you, uh, you know, how I hung in there and did all and was able to, to make, I only had one year where I, I missed the season. And, and really what I did is I was up in the, NHRA TV booth at the time so uh, man I, I've had a pretty long career I, uh, to say the least. To all done to follow it up I mean you're what 55 now I think you are? Yep yep. Uh, how many more years do you think you're going to do this? I mean because drag racing is almost like an ageless sport I mean we see Force he's 71 
you know, uh, other guys are in their 50s, closing in on their 60s. I mean, how many more years do you think you can do this behind the wheel? And I would assume then you would continue on uh, as the owner and maybe have a, a driver. I mean, have you thought about that, all that at all? Yeah, I'm going to use the Aaron Rodgers quote and say the 18th hole is in sight for me uh, as a driver. And that's not to say uh, that's not to say that I'm going to retire soon or or, uh, mm-hmm. or or I have any plans because there is no plans to do that. But I don't want to be driving um with the six that's the, the number six is the, is the start of my age. So let's just say that. And I don't know why that is, but I just don't, I, I just don't like the sound of the, and maybe I'll feel different when I hit that six O, but if my age starts with a six and strapping on a helmet, it's not something that has a good ring to it for me. Now that's not to say that I won't step back and, and put a driver in my car of sponsorships work and work you know are able to work through and we can do all that stuff but i have no plans at this point to do anything but uh be the best i can be now and i have a car now that i feel i can really if i can really hone in there and 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 i feel good about the the driving part of it now i've learned boy i'm talking about experience i definitely have a a lot of that can you talk a little bit about you know over the years especially when you started your own team and you're, you're running your own operation have there ever been a point or has there ever been a point since you, you know, started your own organization that you thought about just going back to being a hired gun? I mean, have you thought about that? Or, I mean, or is there more of a satisfaction that, you know, the buck stops with you, so to speak, as the owner and the driver? I mean, if, if you're mad at the driver, well, we know where you can go with that. You go right there. You know? So, I mean, have you, have you thought about ever going back to being a hired gun or do you think that you're just going to stay, you know, uh, with your own team until you step out and then you bring in another driver. I mean, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that, that's, that's how I see it playing out. I think really for me, the motivation to be my own, to own my own team and take on all the headaches and take on all the, the worry and all the uncertainty that there, that is ownership. And, uh, was the fact that I wanted to drive, I wanted to prolong my career. In other words, I wanted, I didn't want to be the driver you know, I was in my 30s when I started my own team. So I didn't want to be the driver in his 40s or 50s with a helmet bag looking for a car to drive. I didn't, I felt like the, there's very, it's very limited the amount of cars, the good cars, especially out there. So I really felt like ownership was, was my next uh, calling to, to, you know, keep my career going. And so it's worked out that way. I, I'm grateful for it. Um, we, we've had some, you know, snap on. I look back at my sponsors and I think back, they've all been red cars over the 30 years, and they've been McDonald's, Advance, Auto Parts, and Snap-on. They all been, they've all been great, and they were all fairly long-term. So, um, you know, I'm going in a double-digit years with Snap-on, and, and obviously the, uh, the thing that I want to do most of all is, is, uh, uh, is, is win a championship for them. I've, won, I've delivered championship to the first two, and this is number three. So I've got some good years ahead of me, and and my, honestly, the team I have hired with JC and Rip and those guys that they're, they're here for the long haul. They're, they're not guys that are going to jump around for the, you know, hundred dollars more a week over here or, or over there. Uh, I provide stabilization and a good, uh, I provide, I think for a single car team, <clears throat> I think there's been very little drop off in terms of, uh, purchasing of equipment, uh, mm-hmm. having enough cylinder blocks and, 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 uh, cylinder heads and equipment. 
that, uh, and that's what I wanted to do. Those guys were on the brink of a championship. So I thought to myself, man, if I could emulate DSR on a small scale with one car, these guys had a trajectory that was pointing up, man, I think, and, and Tommy was a great driver and I feel like I can match up well to his skill level. So I thought, you know, let's, let's try to make this, uh, as, as seamless as possible. And so for me, uh, I'm a, I've got big expectations, you know, win races again, and I feel good about it. And, uh, but yeah, ultimately, uh, I think that ship has sailed for me to go out looking for a, a, a kiss all that kind of butt <laughs> and be that guy, you know, and there's some, you know, there's some, like I said, there's some good drivers that, that don't have cars and, you know, I'm, I'm, we're talking about one of them now, but um, so I think that, ratio will always be there there's always going to be uh you know not uh, more drivers good drivers than than there are cars unfortunately that's just the economics of it exactly what what would you consider you know i mean you've had a, a very storied career i've known you almost your, your entire 30 years in nhra what has been the biggest highlight of your life i mean it was the two championships i mean was there one individual race that maybe stands out above everything i mean What's, I mean, when you think back about your career, what's number one on that list? Number one on the list was the fact that we were able to win a championship on, on our own in 2008 with a crew chief that I picked out of the, literally the crowd, a guy by the name of Ron Tobler, who was literally without a job. I remember I interviewed him in my motorhome at one of the races, and he looked at me like I was nuts because he says, you realize I've never tuned a uh, you can ask them to this day, you realize I never tuned a funny car before. I said, oh yeah, but you'll be fine. And so I feel like that was uh, uh, obviously the one that jumps out to me. The other one, I got to be honest with you, Jerry, and this is going to shock a lot of people. Of all the wins and all the accolades and all the things I could have achieved, the one thing that has been the biggest highlight was my wheel stand in Las Vegas of 2016. I believe it was 16. That has been the single most sought after talked about run other than the John Force final round at 92 Dallas fall Dallas race that that's that was probably the most talked about thing up until the, the wheel stand and uh, it has over 4 million views uh, you know on on uh, on social it was a uh, life changing at the time I thought this was it this is the big one this is I'm, I'm probably not going to come back from this one so my life flashed in front of me and the fans to this day, like I can go somewhere or be on iRacing or do something that people don't realize who I am. But if you mentioned, hey, the wheel, this is the guy that did the wheel stand in the funny car. That's the one that they remember. Right, right. Yeah, you know, one other thing, a lot of people I don't think really, I mean, your diehard fans know this, but I think a lot of people that are just NHRA fans who know you and your history as a drag racer, they also don't know that you've done some dirt racing. I remember at Eldora with Tony Stewart, you know, and and uh, you mentioned I racing. You're you're not just a straight line kind of guy. You you can do a little of everything pretty much. Yeah, I've always felt it, I don't know why, but I've always felt like a driver that would be a really good driver could drive anything. And so I've always had a little bit of the there was a guy in the 70s that I admired was named Danny Angaias. He was right, a Hawaiian right. racer. And he drove funny cars and right went right to indie cars and and I always really admired that uh, there was crossover drivers like that that existed and so 
Uh, I did. I haven't done a lot, but I did do probably one of the highlights non-drag racing in my career was being invited to Tony Stewart's uh, storied prelude to the dream that ran, I think, from 2005 or six up until uh, 2012, or I think it, that was it, the whole uh, course of it. And what it was, it was a bunch of NASCAR drivers and, and they invited just two drag racers, myself and Ron Caps. Right. And the fact that I ran second uh, at one of the last races, I ran second for a few laps. Uh, worked my way up from 15th was the highlight of my non-drag racing career by far. But so, yeah, right. I'm a, I, I still to this day, I find uh, a lot of, spend a lot of time on iRacing. It's a online uh, racing, um, uh, online racing network that's huge across the, across the world. And I drive, uh, dirt tracks are my, dirt track cars are my thing, sprints, midgets, and uh, yeah, those kind of cars. Okay, so I've got to ask you, this, this is a natural follow-up on this one. <laughs> Ron Caps, good friend, good competitor. But what about him on iRacing? Do you guys get together on iRacing? Because I mean, I know he's real heavy into that too, as well. Do you guys race together on that? You know, I when I click on, you can see all the drivers, and I haven't noticed Ron's name on any of the dirt. Now he, I think Ron's more of a pavement driver. Right. That like right. I think you'll probably see him if I were to click on some IndyCar, NASCAR races. I, I kind of feel, and he'll tell you this too. I think he kind of, I kind of feel like he can pretty much whip my butt on pavements but when it comes to dirt uh i think I, I think i've got him covered although he does a good job on dirt tracks too but but yeah i think that's the only other driver that i see out there that that really uh, loves racing driving so much that you'll you'll see ron caps uh, mixing it up in, in other forms of racing exactly i interviewed you what was it, maybe three or four years ago i think it was and one question i asked you about and i'm going to ask it again um you have always been very positive. You, you know, it's almost like you always, always have a smile on your face. You know, even in adversity, you, you just have that positive attitude going forward. Yeah, there's been some great years, two championship years. Other years, you've been, you know, right near to the top, knocking on the door for another championship. But how have you handled both, well, more so as a driver than an owner, but more so as a driver. How have you handled some of the, like, the leaner years where, you know, you, you, you didn't perform as well as you would like, maybe, you know, uh, uh, mishaps or equipment issues or whatever you just didn't finish those years as good as you would have liked how, how have you handled that you know uh, going forward because I know you're a very you know going forward thinking forward kind of guy how, how do you how do you how have you handled some of those leaner years well I think uh, I think my competitiveness you know and, and we all have we're all competitive I don't think there's a person on the planet that's not competitive but we have different levels of competitive and so I I tell, I'm not always positive. I think behind the scenes, uh, there are, but I don't throw hell my helmet. I've never, th I've thrown my helmet once in my 30 year career that I can, and I'm proud of that. And so for me, I think it's just, uh, it's that get back on that horse mentality. I, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I always think of what can I learn from that experience? And, and it's hard. I mean, there are, there are times that I'll, I'll, I'll have, you know, I guess with, when I'm home, I'll have some, some, not so positive times, but I always feel like there's that next time. And, and, and I'm a little bit of a perfectionist to where if I get on a roll, I'm usually really good. If I get, uh, and I've had this in my career where I've had some, my performance has not been what I wanted and I'll kind of just kind of tend. Now this is early in my career, but what I've done is I've, I've managed to, uh, Hey, how do I, how do I get the mental game? Uh, how do I kick that up a notch? So I think of, of one of the, th if I can say this, from the driver I was in the 90s to the owner and being able to take, I guess, 
take ownership of my own performance, I've learned how to better the mental game. And so if I had the mental game that I have now when I, in the nineties, I felt like I could have won more races and won more championships. And I, that's one of the, I think a little bit of a regret. I've, if I have any regrets, it's just that I, I wasn't my best self, uh, particularly those years with Joe Gibbs. Uh, mm -hmm. I had a great opportunity. And, and so for me, uh, those have been the adverse times are a springboard to get better. I guess I will sum it up by saying that. So my, my down times have, have allowed me uh, to get frustrated enough to just get out there and just maybe a little overachieve. And so that's, that's, I guess that's kind of a, uh, that's my story. Let's, let's turn that around a little bit. What would it mean to you to win championship number three? If, if 2021 is going to be your year, how do you think you'll feel? Because you've been chasing that for a few years now. You want that third championship. But what would it mean for you to, to actually go out and get it? Well, I think that would be that would – it's hard to say right now, Jerry, but I think that would mean the most to me because it would put my career uh, full circle. It would put me, mm -hmm. I think – I think it would just bring it full circle and that might be the drop the mic moment. You never know. <laughs> exactly. You never well, know. Well, I mean, you raise a good point. I mean, have you thought about that? I mean, if you win number three or better yet, when you win number three, would you walk away at that point? You know, it's hard to say, but you know, I do feel motivated by that third uh, quite a bit. So, uh, I don't know what it's like to not have to chase anything or what it, I, I've never not been chasing something. So I, I, I think, but I have thought about it. I thought, well, if I can get number three and I could win the U S nationals another once or twice, that would put me in elite group. And I, and like athletes, we pay attention to those things. And we, we know, we know the scorecard, we know the names, we know, you don't think about it when you're competing, but you, you know, because those things have meaning to them. And if they don't, I don't know what else you're racing for. So that's, so, but, but I, it's hard for me to say, I, you know, I, I'd love to have that problem to be contemplating that, but, um, but I'm going to run the course uh, that I've set out. I mean, like I said, I, these guys have, have uh, all committed to me and uh, I've committed to them. Um, we've got a great race shop. I've got a great structure of great relationship with snap on. It couldn't be better. So really there's no reason um, other than, flat execution uh that i have anything um that that i'm uh that's holding us back so i mean it's just going to be pure racing you know and, and a little luck you know and you, you never know i will say this my career has always been a slow starter like i i almost wanted to tell these guys but i said guys me i've won my two championships with hail marys at the end of both years if you think <laughs> right. about them right, right think right. about five in a row with with the non uh in the early 90s with the non uh, uh chase format or not uh, uh, uh not chase but we the call it countdown format and then the other was three in a row with tobler in 08 so uh we're definitely strong finishers now we got to get through the beginning and the middle to get there and i think we will we got a good start here this this uh, this year exactly well cruz thank you ever so much for being so generous with the time and uh uh, you know, I wish you the best of luck in Vegas this weekend. All right, Jerry. Hey, I appreciate the time, man. Always good to see you. Okay. Thanks ever so much.
All right, that's it for this week's edition of the Racing Beat Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks to Cruz Pedregan for stopping by. Wish him all the best of luck in this weekend's race in Las Vegas. And I'm Jerry Bunkowski, back with more of the Racing Beat next week right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Have a good week, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.